It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. Wow. Yeah, there's some good stuff going on. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 89 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. I read an interesting or probably better to say frightening. So I said there's some good stuff going on. But yeah, maybe it's more frightening is better to say. Because there was an article on Sunday that I found. And I figured I should just go ahead and mention it today. There was a New York Daily News Entertainment report talking with Brenton Thwaites regarding Dead Men Tell No Tales. He's the the new Will Turner's son character that we get in the new Pirates movie. Specifically... It was more about the future of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And in the article, he is quoted as saying, Thwaites tells us that Disney execs have locked down the talent for at least numbers 6 through 10, and he hopes there will be more after that, as far as how many episodes are actually coming up of this Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Oh, seriously? Wow. Exactly. That could be years and years. (laughs) Exactly. And here he goes on to say, I'm signed up for them. Yeah. The 27-year-old Aussie actor who joins the franchise as the Navy man Henry Turner, the son of Orlando Bloom's character Will Turner, as I said. So how crazy is that? Pirates of the Caribbean movie franchise is on track for at least five more movies and possibly more. That could put things at Pirates of the Caribbean 10 or 11 if Disney gets away with it and the box office remains lucrative for that series. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. I mean, this is on track to what we have been saying for a while and in our bonus episodes discussing Dead Men Tell No Tales. If number five, Dead Men Tell No Tales, coming up does well at the box office, then it justifies a sequel. And that's like a domino effect. Right. If they keep doing that, then they keep going. And so they've kind of locked everybody in for that. But actually, I think the article said that they'll be adding more casts as they move forward. But they're kind of locking in those main ones right now. As we have also talked about in that particular kind of idea of if this does well, what you know, is it going to spawn more and more sequels? Which we thought maybe five. Or we, we knew five, but we thought, okay, maybe six if it does well. Right. But what I was getting at is we've also talked about how things might be in the works to transition the original main characters out of the picture for new cast of lead characters. You know, we've talked a little bit about that. Right. Whether that means ditching Captain Jack Sparrow eventually or reducing his role, I don't know. Nothing to say yet. But we may get an idea from Dead Men Tell No Tales what, what that's going to entail. It, I mean, it is possible we see Jack Sparrow's role start to transition in this one as Disney sets things up for the next generation's tale, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. So how much he's going to be in it, I don't know. Or how much they're setting up. But we've talked about that. It's been hinted at. But if they're starting to go, okay, this is going to do well. They're getting those early returns. Because we did talk about earlier this week of how the estimated Memorial Day box office was $100 million just for that weekend. You know, they're starting right. to say, okay, yeah, there's, there's things that are, are looking good for us here. And, of course, they're going, well, if there's a whole Pirates of the Caribbean Minute show 
dedicated only to Pirates of the Caribbean. Obviously, people <laughs> want to hear about that. We might as well just lock everybody in. Either way, just to cover the currently released movies and Dead Men Tell No Tales, so the first five, that's 727 episodes, not including our bonus episode. <laughs> and if you figure at least, I mean, the average between all the movies from one through five would actually be 145 minutes. But if you just drop it down to 140 minutes for each of the additional five movies, that puts us at a staggering 1,427 episodes to cover the 10 films. Jeez. That's right. The real question at that point, will podcasts still be around or will the show have an entire new way of hitting the airwaves and reaching audiences? (laughs) We'll be going, remember when we actually did a podcast and we're doing some kind of crazy thing that we can't even think of yet? Maybe it'll all be videocast now or maybe we'll all be doing it through some kind of new Facebook thing that hasn't even been invented yet. I don't know. But it's just some crazy thoughts there. Those are crazy thoughts. And maybe Disney will even pick us up and syndicate us at some point. They're going, these guys have just been sitting through. We got to just get them on. (laughs) Or at least they'll send us a pen and a certificate. Scott has been working for Disney for free for 10 years. (laughs) Here's your service award. They won't even give me a trip down to Disneyland or anything. They'll just give me a pen and like a certificate that somebody printed in the office. And forget the free tickets into Disneyland. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They'll just send me a service award with this like little pen and this thing. Oh, congratulations. Thanks for working for free for us for 10 years. I mean, it's like, geez, Disney, even in my daydreams, I just got no love from you. I really need to step up the optimism for my dreams, you think? I mean, maybe add a pinch of positive thoughts or a shot of rum, at least something here. I could have some better daydreams than I just got hornswoggled by Disney and they made me work for them for free for all these years. Exactly. Why don't you change your outlook, please? Yeah. You know, or or what they're doing is they're messing with me. I can see like tomorrow they'll say, we've locked in the cast. Pirates of the Caribbean 25. And I'll be going, oh my God, how am I going to do all that? (laughs) You know, actually Disney's paying attention to our podcast and they know how popular we're getting. That's right. And they're going, oh, if the podcast after, you know, all these years is having this much popularity, then, oh, we've got lots to do. You know what will happen is actually they'll let us just do like a starving artist thing with this podcast for all of the episodes, except for the very last one. They're like, you know, we've been listening to you for 10 years on all these podcasts. Guess what? We're finally bringing you on (laughs) for the last one. The very last show. And you guys get a budget of $250. (laughs) Oh, maybe by that time, because of inflation, $5,000, which is like $250 now, because this is way in the future now. Oh, it's 11 years in the future? There's no need to scare anybody out there. My God. So we are just over a week before the movie comes out. I know. We got to get our butts rolling. There was two days? I haven't told you yet because I figured we were trying to get busy to do this, but we've had a couple of requests to do before the other movie comes out, another bonus episode to actually review the timeline of the movies. Before the new movie comes out. Because there's some talk about the timeline and how all this stuff fits in. So we might want to think about that and do an episode before it comes out. But I don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off. we got a lot going on. There's also the fact that we do got to make sure that we have a review episode ready to go. And I've even thought we should almost do like a hype episode 
before it comes out. Yeah, but I'm just wondering where I'm getting all this time. It's not like I have some kind of stopwatch or... We do both have full-time jobs there. What are we doing? We should just quit. Disney's going to pay us in like 10 years to finally give us a salary. Can we hold on that long? I don't think so. Oh, let's get going. In the previous minute, Pintel and Rigetti embark on a new career path and test out their latest occupation as pirate lumberjacks. A quick light, flash from the barrel, a billow of smoke, and the mast of the HMS Interceptor comes tumbling down. The captain of the Black Pearl manages to avoid the crash of the oncoming timber by sitting on the shoulder of one Hector Barbosa, a potential safeguard should the mast have shifted when falling just a hair to the left. Below deck, Will Turner is completely exhausted after searching for the missing medallion and times his, I think I'll lay down for a short nap with that of an explosion. After the miniature slumber, Will awakens to realize that sleeping during battle is always a bad omen as he finds himself trapped. It's a trap! So you're still working on Captain Monkey? Yeah, I got Captain Monkey in here. (laughs) If you notice that, that was just for everybody out there if you notice my Captain Monkey hypothesis. But let me continue. Hearing his cries for help, the concerned cursed crew swing on over from the right side to a deluxe sailing ship in Her Majesty's Navy. Moving on up to minute 89. (laughs) Kohler and Twig make their way to the powder magazine on the Interceptor while the brutal fighting continues on the above deck. Will desperately tries to free himself and continues to yell for help hoping someone topside will hear his pleas below. The minute ends with Gibbs sword fighting a cursed pirate. Will sees the monkey holding the medallion, who manages to avoid capture by escaping through a too-small-for-will-to-follow opening. It's a cliffhanger of an ending for minute 89. Do we want to start with, what, 70s or 80s sitcoms? Or no, okay, actually that was the wrong thing. Do we want to start with a big twist for the minute, or do we want to hit some of the more smaller points we have for minute 89, and then move on to kind of a revealing or interesting plot point? Well, let's do small to big. Thank God, because that's how I have my notes arranged. (laughs) Let's do big to small. Dang it! (laughs) I was going to start on the monkey. Okay, Captain Monkey. And it wasn't because I had a Captain Monkey reference hidden inside. It's like a... An Easter egg inside my minute breakdown there. But last minute, you kind of got rid of Captain No, Mickey. I didn't. I said that, that working... was I said that was a check mark in the, he's not a captain, but there's still overwhelming evidence that he is the captain. You can't, one piece is not going to disprove the whole theory or the hypothesis. It's not really a theory. It's a hypothesis because I was a former scientist, so I have to do, adhere to the rules of science every once in a while. Can't speak in colloquialisms all the time. But what I have to say about the monkey is, that's one cheeky monkey. The monkey captain, oh damn it, I said it, the monkey, really <laughs> has some issues. And I don't think he's really a kind animal soul. No. We already know the little dude is obsessed with gold or treasure in general. But there really is a lack or should I say a compassion for his fellow primate Will Turner. Who is trapped below deck? It's a trap. Admiral Akbar style. The monkey doesn't just find and run off with the medallion. He decides the best course of action. (laughs) Before I leave the sinking interceptor, he says to himself as he scratches his monkey chin, because it is now taking on water, then I think I'll hold this medallion up and screech at Will. Telling him, ha, I found what you were looking for, and now I'm going to escape through a tiny hole that only I can fit through. (laughs) (laughs) That's my 
Monkey theater for the week. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the monkey screeches. No, I wasn't going to do the screeches. It's like, hey, no wonder Jack doesn't like the monkey now, right? The monkey is, dare evil. I say, a little bastard. Hey, this guy's a little he's bastard. Evil. evil, but then I was thinking about it too. It's like, although I may be judging him a little harshly, since we do know the monkey is also afflicted with the Aztec curse, and because of that, he is consumed by greed, right? Yeah. So maybe he can't help himself. I mean, still, Will has to be wanting to strangle that immortal little monkey turd. But he might not be able to help himself. Right? He might not be able to. Exactly. There you go. So maybe we can't not love the monkey. Oh, I don't love this monkey. For one thing, he's really scary looking in his skeleton form. And he's not a very nice monkey. That's what I'm saying. Maybe if the curse was gone, he'd be a nice monkey. Mm, I'm not so sure. You can't jump ahead. What the hell? You have to wait. As for I'm now, I'm not jumping ahead. I'm saying. Well, it's possible. I'm he not is sure. a little demented for a monkey. Yeah. He's a little obsessed with treasure and power. That's all I had to say. Power corrupts absolutely. Yes. And the monkey has that captain. Captain fever. Or not cabin fever. Captain. <laughs> yeah, cabin fever, but not cabin fever. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Barbosa. If we can move on to Barbosa. Really is done playing games. I just want to say this. Are you sure? He's done playing games with anyone who may remotely stand in his way of ending this cursed curse, if you want to call it that. He tells Twig and Kohler to go to the powder magazine, and from there, they're leaving a trail of black powder to the kegs, right? So he told them that in the previous minute. Right. Right? So they start to go down there. Now, you know, they're leaving a trail of black powder to the kegs. Mm-hmm. What is going on? We said it before, and I'll say it again. Barbosa has gone from a waste not attitude you know spilling elizabeth's blood i'm not going to kill you i'm just going to do a couple drops of your blood because it's waste not to now i'm going to blow up the damn interceptor and i'm going to blow it out of the water (laughs) even though this would be a nice prize it's like i have a royal navy ship in my position in my possession nope blow this piece of shit out of the water and let's get back to isla de muerta right he is fed up he's done being once he Cursed. saw Jack eating that apple, he was already done. Like, I'm willing to spill some blood here now to get this done. Jack ate that apple in front of him and then offered it to him. And then even gave it to him when he was going to the brig. Right. Barbosa's done had it. Yeah, he's done. I'm blowing this ship. I don't want any people, any problems, nothing. Let's get on with this. He's got to do it. Exactly. Another main character trait pops up here, too. Not just Barbosa and his waist knot transformation. This kind of Barbosa switch, if we want to call it. But Jack is the epitome of, I have a plan and I'll stay calm and collected no matter how much chaos is around me. Just like in Port Royal swinging on the hoist with the muskets blazing, including our one with closed eyes shooter. You know, (laughs) Johnny can't see shooting. Jack is swinging around on the ropes and even manages to save Gibbs. Yeah, with his butt. <laughs> yeah, he's just swinging away. Just back and forth. I'm he's just, just having swinging. fun. He's like, ah, I've been locked in the brig. But ultimately, my question was, or ultimately, I should say my question is, is Gibbs happier to see Jack alive, or is he happier that his flask was alive? He seemed more excited about Jack than the flask. But that's because, well, well yeah. Jack brought the flask. Brought. But he sees Jack first and he's surprised. But Jack just also saved his life. So I guess that there is some thanks there. He can always get a new flask. That's right. So I think it's Jack. 
But Jack's really first words to him, it's bloody empty. Yeah. Really? I guess that's pirate, you know, like a pirate uh, reunion going on there for a small bit there. Not happy to see you're alive. I mean, Gibbs does that, but Jack says it's bloody empty. (laughs) (laughs) But at least Gibbs is happy to see him. I'll, I'll give you that. Yes. And you were asking in a previous episode if we saw a Motley crew member die. Because we're kind of talking about Gibbs and Jack and his Motley crew and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So one of these, let's just do a finger quotes good pirates since pirates inherently are the bad, but there's semi-good here. We do get that answer in this particular minute as a cursed pirate stabs one of Jack's (laughs) pirates who then fall into the ocean. D-E-D dead. D-E-D. D-E-D dead. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, is that like F-U-D food? Yeah, cat food. <laughs> <laughs> that may be a Gary Larson Farsight thing. It I don't is. I don't remember. But yeah, D-E-D dead. And I don't remember if D-E-D dead was from that or that was another movie reference right. that I've now picked up and, used, and have used for a long time. So D-E-D dead. So yeah, it might be Matt Lowe who died. But to be honest, I'm not sure. And we discussed this in a previous episode when we were talking about the Motley crew. Because I'm not so sure he was identified correctly in the Pirates Wikia, so I have some doubts on who he is. There's no actor photo available on his IMDb page, so I can't verify even the look of the guy. But that's who's credited in the Pirates Wikia, so I'm just going to go with that for now. But the big question is, or the big answer is, so yes, pirates are dying here. There is a Interceptor pirate, Jack Screw, a Motley crew member who dies. Aww. Stabbed and then thrown into the water. Well, it's getting a little more brutal here. That's what I'm saying. It's not saying. so Disney anymore. Well, there it's you more go. Brutal. So that's, yeah. So you just had to wait a second or you know, a minute and then you would see that kind of action. There's no more shooting of diggle hoppers and thingamabobs. No, definitely not. I have also some interesting bits on the behind the scenes. It's kind of more on the cinematography side of things. During the battle sequence, Verbinski decided to take the approach that the Interceptor would be consistently on the left side of the screen and the Black Pearl would be on the right side of the screen. Oh, not really? sure if you noticed that. But I, know, defi- I do now that you said yeah, something. Yeah, so t- I mean, take a look at it again. But you do what you do see is that although we do cross kind of this middle line, and we can call the middle line that ocean between the two ships, that when they pan back and forth, it's like a right or left deal for the ships. Mm-hmm. So they're always consistent with the camera of where that is and how they're showing the ships in between each other. So we are essentially adhering to this kind of interceptor is on the left and the pearl is on the right kind of deal. In one shot, Sparrow is standing with the rope in his hand on the rail and you can tell that it's actually a reverse shot. So they, f- they flipped it just to make sure that it matched the pearl on the right side. Because the way that they filmed it, Jack would have actually appeared to be on the left side the way that they had done that if they kept it. So they actually just reversed it. Okay. It'd be like a mirror image kind yeah. of deal. Yeah, so they did that. You'll notice that. It's a Jack Sparrow on the rail with the rope. And mm-hmm. you can see that they actually did that. But we talked about previously, and kind of where I was going with this, is because I thought that's really interesting, is that they're consistently doing a right and left thing. And I thought, oh, this is a perfect... Time to go back to that symbolism we had of right and left. Right, good, left, bad, if I could kind of summarize it in caveman talk there. Even though that's not quite where we left it. But it was a lot bigger than that. And a lot more riveting of a discussion. But not, right, good, left, bad. (laughs) But here the interceptor is on the left and the pearl is on the right, as I said. And I wish I could say it's symbolic of Jack being one of our heroes. You know, the opposite of Barbosa, 
the semi good as I was just talking about with the Motley Crew, and that's why the Pearl is on the right this particular time. But I, I just can't make that argument. You know, sometimes you just got to let the symbolism go and say, well, sometimes left is just left and right is just right. They're just directions. But I did think it was interesting, the idea of once you being consistently on one side and this symbolism or no symbolism happening here. Maybe it was maybe just not. so you knew. That's what it was. Yeah, it was just, you knew what ship so was So when they're which. going back and forth, you know, okay, they're going from this one to this one. Yeah. These are the pirates on the... The good ship, lollipop, and then the other one. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's just easier for people to get it straight. Right. And who was who. But man, I so wanted it. If I really wanted to go back. Come on, just put the pearl on the left. Let's make it bad. And then the... <laughs> no, it didn't happen that way. Dang it. That would have been a perfect symbolic moment. So now I'm left the to just say... symbolic is bloody empty. Sometimes I got to quote... Uh, oh, I can't even think of his name now. Famous psychologist. I can't think. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. There you go. A Freudian slip there. Freud. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. I think that's who said that. So there we go. Right? Yep. So this kind of actually gets us to what I really wanted to have is my big point for this movie. Okay, it's not really for the whole movie. It's the big point of the movie for this particular minute of 60 seconds. Okay. Yeah, kind of like that. And then it spans out to the whole movie. It's really an interesting direction for the writers and the director for the take of this particular film. From the very first moment we are introduced to this adult Will Turner character, he really has established himself as a swordsmith. And even when encountering Jack, he proved his skills were just as good using a sword as making one, right? Yes. I mean, it would be hard to argue that he's not a great sword fighter is kind of where I'm going with that. Okay? Yes. That was the setup. Gotta have a lot of drama, I say. You know, okay. And now I'm going to get to the point. I'm burying the lead, just like any good journalist would do. Is you just bury that lead to the very end because you want people to read the whole story. Okay, you don't do that, but I'm doing that just so you listen. So I'll just start it off with then, instead of just giving it to you, because I'm still going to try and bury this lead as far as possible. Where is Will during most of the battle? Below deck. Or, or at least, yeah, when Drowning. the pirates board and then there's a need for hand-to-hand combat. He's below deck. He's trapped Looking below deck, yeah. medallion. Right, he's trapped below deck. The best swordsman of the Motley crew is unable to participate in the fight. He's unable to show his sword fighting skills because he's completely stuck and below deck. Trap. Yeah. It's a trap. It's a trap. So we can say in even more succinct words, the great sword fighter is not sword fighting during the battle. He's not even really participating. He's not. He's just trying to get out. It really is an intriguing move to tie the character's hands. And that's kind of what we've done here. His hands are tied as a character. This is his big thing, is right. kind of the sword fighting, and he can't use his power. His power, his superpower has been taken away. The mast falling on the, the doorway or the opening for him to get out is the kryptonite, and he is unable to wield his power, his sword fighting power. It's a common plot development point. You see it all the time. The hero or even the superheroes, I was just saying, is unable to use his power and then he has to rely on something else to be the hero. His wits, as opposed to his strength. Or I can do another of my famous, insert X here for your favorite action movie sequence in the hero, in him stuck or in peril, right? Yes. So there we go. I just thought for our particular swashbuckler, it was like this interesting choice because swords and sword fighting are such a big part of the genre. And to have one of our heroes not engaging the enemy in this manner is a like a bold move for a pirate movie. Right. A sword movie, swordplay movie. 
Especially during this big battle. Yeah, this is like the big battle sequence. Yeah. And he is not in it. He's down below looking for a medallion that he, by the way, left that was supposedly really nice and really had a lot of meaning and sentimental to him. Yeah. You'd think they would have sent Elizabeth below deck. I think it's, well, it's part of the whole idea. It's part of this writer's, you know, tying the character's hands. You know, building that tension. He's stuck. He's the guy who could potentially save the day. Or who's going to help guard Elizabeth with the cursed right. pirates up there? Because he's the one who could outwit and outbattle any of the other cursed crew members in a sword fight. So Elizabeth's up deck. That's right. All without, on her own. without her hero. Again, the strong hero who's now proven not to need really the hero. Oh, she does. I guess we'll just save her before. But With Anna Maria, who already threatened her life. Yeah. For all Will knows, Anna Maria has already given her over. Like, they're fighting stop. They're just up there, like, clanking pots yeah. and swords together to make them think that. <laughs> and really, it's already done. But what I do think we should actually do is keep an eye out for minutes to come to see if Will actually has a chance to fight again. Oh. What are you doing? Giving away things? I, no, I said we should keep an eye out for that if oh, he does. Because okay. if he doesn't, it really makes it even more of an intriguing choice. If he does not sword fight again, and this was the one sword fight battle that he missed out on. Mm. He missed out on the big game. Yes. The big game just happened, at least for now. And if we find out at the end of the movie that he was not participating in any sword fight action, then he's the sad little kid who missed the ball game. Yep, He missed the big game. When he could have been the winner. He didn't do his homework. His mother grounded him. (laughs) The big game happened, and he missed it. He's going to show up afterwards and you'll see like the popcorn containers and the candy wrappers and all that. You'll see maybe the scoreboard with the score on it, but every the park is empty. Will Turner, he done missed it. That's if there's no other battle where he gets to showcase his sword fighting skills. Right. Which is a very interesting move if you think about it. Yes, it is. And it gets back to another interesting move with Will that's happened that we really early on when the pirates were attacking Port Royal... No, is that he was the first person, our hero, one of our main characters, to kill somebody in the movie. Now, I'm not talking pirate action here, like cannons blasting Port Royal and people flying off. But actual hand-to-hand, he's the one who seemingly kills a pirate, which turns out to be that he's an immortal skeleton guy. But he's the one who flings an axe in the back that we see a one-on-one hand-to-hand action. I forgot your... I forgot about your Will's really the bad guy. Ah, Will is the bad guy. Well, Will is actually Legolas. He is from (laughs) Lord of the Rings. He's an elf. We know this. He's lived his long life. And now he is really just, uh, yeah, kind of coming back. And he's assumed this other name as living life as Will Turner in the 1700s. Since he's below deck, maybe he should get out his time Turner and get a change this whole scene here is this another harry potter reference i think i remember this is from harry potter yeah you couldn't have a lord of the rings minute weren't a lord of the rings minute visit our friends at lord of the rings minute.com and listen to their podcast you couldn't have a lord of the rings reference you had to go to harry potter though are we trying to connect all these universes no remember that's how we figured he had he went that's how you did that. I'm still thinking that there's got to be another way. But, you know, the one ring rules them all kind of deal. Oh. I think we've gone way far off tangent, and it's probably time we just call it a day unless you have some probably. other things to go. 
No, but like I good. said, we can end on the intriguing idea that if there's no other battle sequence and no other fighting, Will Turner missed out on the big game. Our great sword fighter was not there during the battle. So we'll just end on that, and that's something to keep in mind, and we'll try and remember to circle back to that point at the very end of the movie and see what happens. Cap it off. Or if there's another battle scene, we will go Then we'll through. talk about that, too. Yes. We'll say, okay, wah, 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 that didn't happen. He actually got to fight again. Yay for Will. He did his homework this time. His mother let him out to play. So we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 90 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum, folks. I mean, come on, for God's sakes, keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. It's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday. There you go. Heather, no surprise to find you in the tavern with a tankard full of rum in your hand. What was that for? You said you were going to meet me at the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group hours ago. I was? Mother's love! Why'd you slap me again? That's for not reminding people how to contact us. Get to it, you filthy bilge rat! Man, I obviously get no respect around here. So, Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. 